Welcome to The Kid Is In School, where we talk about whatever we want since our kid is not here to interrupt us. But we don't have a lot of time before the bell rings, so let's get right into it. Luke, we're in the middle of decluttering, and you go to Indiana to perform, and then you come back with more clutter. What is going on? Well, I, clutter, yes, I guess it's clutter. It's not junk. It's, it's stuff from my youth. Like, uh, my parents moved out, and now... I had to go get all of this stuff and bring it back. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Why did you have to bring it back, though? I know why you had to go and look at it. You want to, you know, relive the memories, but why couldn't you just put it in a dumpster in Indiana? Because it's not trash. <laughs> it's gold. It's very uh, important things. Like, I've got to- all these old toys of mine, comic books, you know, ball cards, all of this stuff. And I think for me, I don't know if there's value to them or not like selling value. I have to look and see if there is selling value to some of these so things. So you could be sitting on a gold mine. I could be sitting on a gold mine, but also there's some things I want to keep just because I like them. And that's, if I ever had an office someday, I would decorate my office with these things. I know. You're one of those rare people that you see on Antiques Roadshow and it's like, well, who in the world still has an Urkel doll? <laughs> and you're the guy. You have it in your room in your parents' house because they're in their 80s and they don't go into that room. And now that they're not even in that house anymore, we've unearthed it. I really like that you brought an Urkel doll home. They're fun. Yeah, He's fun. It is fun. That's the thing. That's what's fun about these old things is like the nostalgia is there, but also they were they were designed to be fun in the first place. <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't. They didn't design toys to be not fun. How fun is it? Uh, it used to say, okay, Urkel says, got any cheese? But this one, you pull the string and it goes, got any cheese? <laughs> it's not like your Teddy Ruxpin. It is like, <laughs> when, in fact, when I heard you pulling the string earlier, I was in a different room. I thought it was two cats outside fighting. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you get, well, maybe if you just pull the string, but let it go back in a little slower hold on to the string ah. you don't have to like just let it go on its own if you let it go real slow he turns into stefan or kev <laughs> <laughs> outdated reference lost on younger audience no audience loved it yeah well i do think that the um not to switch you know gears too much but uh family matters which is where urkel is from is now had a resurgence on streaming they did a reunion they're back on air because of yeah. streaming, like you're saying? Yeah, it's, I think it was one of, if not the most popular retro shows streaming. It was a great one. And Reginald Val Johnson is, has appeared in a, I want to say, Spectrum commercial? He's in some kind of commercial. Um, did you see it yet? I it's did. Really it, it's where he's the dad. It's like he's America's dad. Or right. A man, a man asks his father for advice and then he ignores it. And then Reginald Val Johnson appears in the living room and says, you should do this. And it's exactly what the dad just said. And he goes, I just said that. But the kid agrees with Reginald Val Johnson. Yeah. Because that's who we listen to. We listen to the TV dads. Hey, well, that's the thing. Reginald Val Johnson, he's somebody who has two iconic roles. Mm-hmm. One being the dad on Family Matters. And the other being the dad on Fresh Prince. <laughs> that's an old joke. They, people used to confuse uh, really? them. Because they were, yeah, because they were both heavy set. They did a whole cute little crossover episode where uh, the Fresh Prince dad walks in to the house of Family Matters and says, stop calling me you know, Carl or whatever. Did you remember that? I've never seen this. It's so cute. Anyway, watch it. So the other iconic role is? Uh, from Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, he's the cop in Die Hard. Yep. Which I think they, I don't even think they was the first choice for that. I think it was somebody else. I don't remember who off the top of my head, but it was somebody else and somehow he got it 
he went in and in audition for the role and i think bruce willis was like this guy's good i think we should have this guy it's so funny that you oh, also i think it was wesley snipes oh really i think it was supposed to be wesley snipes and it ended up being uh, a young mr snipes that's because snipes was so much better as um who's the guy alan rickman plays oh you're mcgruber because because it's not, it's cause, not mcgruber it's not mcgruber no Mc- hans gruber yes <laughs> you're right mcgruber is a little forte character no um what i was gonna say was wesley snipes is such a good villain he would have been it would you wouldn't want to see him as the buddy helping out i guess but i mean wesley snipes is the good guy in a lot of movies is he yes <laughs> I mean, I, I, does he smile? I only know him from. I mean, the thing I know him from being a good guy in is Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, where he's what a drag is he a queen. Bad guy in Blade? No, Blade's a good terrifying guy. Terrifying vampire in Blade. <laughs> okay, I the admit I haven't seen Blade. it. He's Blade. He's that, the vampire you're scared of, just like Terminator. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a scary Terminator. He terminates people. Only in the first one. <laughs> but Blade is not. He's a half vampire vampire killer. Okay. Oh. oh, well, thank you. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. I should have known that. And uh, in my mind, he lives on, I don't know, just vampire teeth. He looks he looks cool. And then when he says, always bit on black, then he shoots. Doesn't he hurt somebody in Passenger 57? He's the good guy on that. He's the hero, I know, stopping yes. the terrorist. But I'm just saying. <laughs> what is this massage noir I'm spewing on the radio? Uh, look, I don't know what's going on. It just honestly, it feels like basically because he's a tough guy in all of his roles you're like that's the bad guy i guess you want your good guys to be like mr rogers and just have happy feelings well isn't it true bruce willis does not throw a punch and die hard he is the the scrawny anti-hero right or is he supposed to be tough he's he's crafty he uses he uses his wits not his brawn he's not stallone he's not schwarzenegger that doesn't seem correct at all it is very correct it sounds like the smartest thing i've ever said he didn't have any shoes on so he has to like be a little more crafty because of that and he's outnumbered yeah but he still shoots them and beats them up and kills them and jumps off the roof of i the didn't know he exploding beats building. jumping off a roof is not is not brawn that is craftiness and um and yeah okay if he, if he if he punches people then he's he's a tough guy i remember his arms you know he has got carved arms but i thought the whole point was he's a regular joe and so are you guy at home on the couch <laughs> you too could in the same situation save christmas Ah. I feel like we got off track, though, because um, before we talked about Wesley Snipes, we were talking about Reginald Val Johnson. And I wanted to tell you that he was also a police officer on Family Matters. So I used to have a tweet that said, there are three certainties in life, death, taxes, and Reginald Val Johnson plays a cop. Okay. Yeah. I bet he's probably a cop in a Burger King commercial, too, if you if you do a deep dive. I wonder, there must have, there might have been some sort of typecasting where he had been this or that but and i don't actually know what came first family matters or die hard really i could have sworn die hard came first that's well, so funny family matter i think die hard came first but family matters uh was a spin-off of perfect strangers right and so, that was 80s now die hard was 89 right uh the first one i believe is 88 88 Ooh, this yeah. is so tight we don't know yeah. maybe it was one of those things because a lot of actors get this they get two cool things in a year they get like the lead in a commercial and their first feature film. So maybe that's what happened to him. It could be. And all of this could be solved by Google, but we're not going to. That's not There's fun. no Google. This is just speculation and conversation. <laughs> Remember when we thought pills had a plastic coating on them? Yeah. <laughs> it's so much more fun to be wrong and have the audience yell at us through the <laughs> through their device. It is more fun. It gets Well, it gets the conversation going for them. Like, ah, I can correct 
these two boobs. I don't. <laughs> what a maroon. What a boob. I don't mind being wrong. It's funny to me. I, I like being corrected because then I have the information I needed. Whereas I don't think you like to be corrected. Well, I'm not wrong. So usually people's corrections are incorrect. That's the problem right there. Because when I have a correction for you and I am correct, it doesn't fall very well. It I takes a good while to convince you. You'd have to really get a specific example of when you've corrected me and you are correct. Uh, embrace being wrong, viewers at home. Why do I always call everybody a viewer? Listeners at home, it's, it's fine to be wrong. It's like a warm bath. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to say, oh, thanks for teaching me. I don't know. I don't know about any of that. It's uh, But yeah, it's, um, you know, that kind of thing with seeing people in TV shows, movies, there was a different excitement, I think, around movies when we were growing up. That oh, yeah. I, I don't feel it quite as much anymore. I know. Even dollar movies. We had a movie theater in Indianapolis that you could just pay a dollar to see the film. And yeah. this meant that it had already come out. It's something people have seen before. But you get the theater experience with it. And that was so... Even a movie that was played out was magical to me if shown in a theater. Oh, yeah. That that helped. Like, because... Um, the dollar theater, they weren't like old movies. It wasn't like they were playing Gone with the Wind right. for a dollar. It was something where it was like, this came out six months ago and me, it's about to come out on video. Right. And this is like the, the last stop before it goes to home video. <laughs> we somehow the got theater. a hold of the celluloid. We're playing it on our projector. <laughs> yes. And the dollar theater I went to growing up has been demolished. Yeah. It completely gone and they put a Goodwill on top of the old space. So they I, didn't just empty it out. They, <laughs> they said we Goodwill's too good for this building. Yes. We need a brand new building. New building. They took some of the proceeds from all of their donated stuff. My memory of the Dollar Theater was they sold big, enormous <laughs> dill pickles in a jar. Dill pickles on a counter. <laughs> Not refrigerated, and you could buy one. And because the movie was so cheap, I splurged on a giant pickle for myself. The pickle cost two dollars. The movie cost a dollar. It's well, that's the thing. There's stuff that that I'm glad they don't do anymore. <laughs> Movies are not one of them, but the pickle jar. Uh, there's it's so off-putting. I, I think that there's like some of these old westerns. Sometimes you'll watch, and there's like a jar of pickled eggs that yeah. people would stick their dirty hand in and eat for like. Uh, a penny. They couldn't use a fork. Uh, they they I, didn't have them back come then. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Old saloon hand. I know. Well, if you've seen any uh, guy today with what they do. I know. It is funny, though, to think about me remembering seeing a pickle in a jar because it does sound like one of those general store items of like, yes, a pickled item for yes. the child for a nickel, please. I'll take one pickled cucumber and <laughs> some saltwater taffy, please, to go along with my celluloid film. <laughs> It's and popped corn. <laughs> Do you remember long early in our relationship? I we were doing a grocery list together, and I said, "Don't forget the popping corn." And you were like, "Yeah." You said, "What is popping corn?" And I was like, "You know, kernels that you pop." And you were like, "You mean popcorn?" And I said, "No, I don't mean popcorn. Popcorn is when it's already popped. What I'm talking about is popping corn." <laughs> Like I like the old Christmas song. I brought some corn for popping. See, popping is the process. <laughs> it wouldn't be the pre-pop or the post-pop. It would be the actual while the it's ability, being popped. The ability to pop. This corn can pop. Well, that's no, one poppy, that... Popping is where 
so popping corn is when it's on the stove oh, or it's in the actively microwave. popping. It's actually yes. <laughs> the, that's dancing corn. So you're right, uh, and I've conceded to you. This is like with paper towel. I no longer singularize paper towels. I say. <laughs> Let's get some. Don't forget to add paper towels to the list, even though in my mind, I'm like, it's a roll of paper towel. No. (laughs) It's a paper towel roll. So it's a roll of paper towel. Oh, welcome to my quirks. And they've been beaten out of me mercilessly (laughs) through (laughs) through Luke's uh, constant shaking head. No correction. It's anyway, uh, that's the thing. All of that fun stuff from youth of movie stuff, I feel like is is almost like a dying, a dying art or a dying form of entertainment. Yeah, because, like the cabaret. Yeah, what's the, like even the last movie you've been excited to see? The last movie I was excited to see was I actually had to look this up because I wanted to know what year it came out. It was called The Good Liar, starring Helen Mirren and Ian McKellen. Wow, does that? <laughs> What a silver-haired uh, set of actors doesn't surprise you no, at all. That movie sounds like it should go straight to the Dollar Theater. <laughs> First of all, what grabbed me was that it was a thriller acted by you know very talented people, and it had a twisty ending. And I was like, I love movies with twisty endings, no matter if they're action or whatever. I want a surprise. And the year was 2019, so I didn't see it in the theater, probably because the pandemic happened shortly thereafter, and I ended up watching it streaming. And it was a seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. How I, about you? Well, recently, I have been somewhat excited to see. Uh, I, what's the name of the movie? It, it's the new M Night Shyamalan movie. It's a Cabin in the Woods. Knock at the cabin door. Not knock oh, at the that cabin. Is knock a Shyamalan the, movie? Yes. It's so it's got Batista in it. It's got I think that red haired kid from the Harry Potter movies. I'm not. I have not seen any of the Harry Potter movies. Ronald Irwig? (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like an English name of an actor that would be in a Harry Potter. Ronald Irwig. (laughs) Um, It also has the king from Hamilton, also known as the guy from Mindhunter, also known as somebody famous whose name escapes me. Oh, he's in that. He's the dad. He's the dad. He's the one that's like, I don't think we should sacrifice any of my children <laughs> yes. to save That's the King world. That's King George. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what a what a role reversal for him. Yeah. So um, I knew that was Batista when I heard his voiceover. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Now, I don't even, I'm not even a wrestling fan like you are, but because I've absorbed so much from your consumption, I can now recognize people's voices. See, I think that you're not recognizing Batista from wrestling, though. I feel like you're recognizing him from the seven different movies he's yeah, played. Yeah, it's really... I was like, that um, sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy yes. guy. <laughs> he's Drax in seven movies. He's in a Bond movie. He's in a Knives Out, Glass Onion. Don't you it's, get tired of being right? Doesn't that just irritate you? No, it never gets old. That's the, the great thing about being It's right. like if someone kept saying, no, you should go ahead of everybody in line. Come on in, sir. Wouldn't you feel a little bit icky? No. No, it's more like breathing. Do you ever get tired of breathing? Oh, boy. Or eating? No, it's just, it's part of life. So Cabin in the Woods, you're excited about it? Yes, but I think it's called a knock at the cabin door or knock at the cabin or something like that. Oh, man. When it comes to articles, a knock, the knock. (laughs) Yeah, and just cabin. It's going to be tricky to remember. It's something cabin. It's just Batista Shyamalan M. Night. That kind of interests me, and and I don't feel like we get a ton of these type of movies in the theater right now. I did hear some sort of discussion about that right now we're only getting giant blockbusters that 
they're expecting to make a billion dollars, like right. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Ugh. Or, or we're getting completely independent films. We're not getting the ones that were in the middle. Also, ugh. Yes. Excuse me, fellow actors, but blah. <laughs> well, I, well, because... I'm tired of the... I'm, the summer blockbusters you used to be able to look forward to, but now they're so formulaic. I mean, you just kind of are going knowing, well, I'm going to release some dopamine and adrenaline here. Yeah, I think the Top Gun... I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, but it's something that... That seemed to break up the the superhero movies yes a bit. and it's because it had a-listers plus nostalgia so yeah. you've got Val kilmer it, that people want to see airplanes do? oh it's got is that what it has military airplanes. yes it's well it's got those things that you were saying too but it's also got it's not in a different galaxy with superpowers and such it's yeah it's something that's okay this is a somewhat realistic world that these people are living in yeah you're right and i miss that i miss seeing comedies in a movie theater Turner and Hooch, I actually saw in the theater. <laughs> Not to confuse everybody because I'm only 22, yeah. but I did see it then. Did you have a giant pickle when you saw it? I was the baby that they made leave because I was crying. I was yeah. a crying baby in that movie theater. No, uh, yeah, I enjoyed my giant pickle. <laughs> it was room temperature. Did I remember? Did I tell no, you that? You, I don't think you mentioned room temperature. I don't pickle. know what I was doing chomping on a giant gas station pickle in the middle of a theater, probably just ruining everybody's day. Look, we did not grow up sophisticated. What if it wasn't even a snack you're supposed to buy? It was some employee's lunch and he had it on the counter. (laughs) You just took somebody's pickle. (laughs) I want that. Yeah. How much will you give me for that? My lunch? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't have a ton of the uh, comedies. I'd have to think because just in general, I'm surprised what comes out in movie theaters and doesn't. So the M. Night Shyamalan movie is only in theaters, it says on the poster. That annoys me. Does that annoy you? No. Okay, that was because I've been trained (laughs) by COVID, by the pandemic, and I'm not out of it yet in my mind, of like, you have to give people the option to stay home if you want them to enjoy your your film. But I know studios don't don't want to do that. It will get there. I mean, it's it's (laughs) on its way. It's not never, it it doesn't say only in theaters forever. It just only in theaters when it's released. Whereas it just used to signal like this is exclusive, and now it signals like uh, we don't play by your COVID rules because we need to make money. Do you remember? I, I, well, okay, yes. fine. You're trying to make a different point. Go on. I'm I listening. am trying to make a different point. I'm but it's also like your point is like you're like uh, saying oh, they only want to make money. Yeah, it's movie studios. They only want to make money, so they don't. How care. dare That's they? That's why they only do have the blockbusters in general or the independent films, is because it's like they can. Independent films are so low budget that right. the, the risk is low. And you make a Marvel movie or a Superman movie, Batman movie, the risk is very low because so many people want to see it all around the world that you can make $2 billion. Right, right. Well, I have a very intelligent point to make that you will appreciate because it's not left field. Gone with the Wind, it did well during the Great Depression, right? Because people wanted to see success over war. Is that correct? I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Sure, it's a- So sometimes sometimes studio since the dawn of film, studios have been making calculated moves based on taking the temperature of what society will see. And we've you know, in hindsight studied that, oh yeah, when we were in economic decline, people were watching movies in the theater to escape the depression. Now, it seems like People only want to watch superhero movies or, what did you say earlier, independent films, art house films, because well, they're cheap to make. Yeah, I don't know if they're, they're what people are watching. It's just 
the risk is low because they're so cheap to make that you don't have to have a ton of people watching it before you can make your money back. Oh, gotcha. Well, either way, the studios are trying to make moves based on economics. They're trying to say, how can we make the most money here? Yeah, they've always done that. And yeah, yeah, and we as a financially depressed uh, nation right now, I think, are slow to get into the theater. So you have to really pull out all the stops with the... With the Marvel universe. Well, maybe, maybe for sure. Like Top Gun, d- d- broke tons of records. I was there with, with people going to the movie theaters. My to my friend's disappointment because they wanted me to see Wakanda Forever. Yeah, which I'm going to see this Saturday. Will you join me? What it's streaming. It's streaming on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Well, you, the way you said it was as if you were going to a movie theater and to watch. I'm not this. going anywhere. No, I'm going to see it in my on my couch but it's because it's a two-hour commitment so i'm gonna watch it three hours oh my gosh the news (laughs) keeps getting worse you know what first of all it doesn't have chad bozeman in it that's why i'm first of all annoyed and yes i know it can't have him in there but that was the big pull for me to see the first one Mm -hmm. is is apollo creed even in there uh do you mean the actor or the actual character michael b jordan (laughs) is michael b jordan in this one or not um, I don't know. See, if I don't even know that he's in there, this is why I've been slow to see it. And I know it's really important, especially I'm black. Happy Black History Month, everybody, to show up in support of black made films um, at the box office weekend. But instead, what did I do? I used my dollars towards Maverick. Tom, Scientology Cruise. Well, I don't know. Like, it, I, I like, I like Tom Cruise movies. I'm one of those corny people that still loves everything he does because he shows up and does what he does. Well, he, he's a guy committed to making films for people to watch. Like, he's, he pulls out the stops. He's going to, if it's a Mission Impossible movie, he's going to do his own stunts. He's going to make them bigger. He's going to make it actually fun to go see. Yeah, and he's charming. I know some people don't want to separate the art from the artist, and usually I don't. But in this case, <laughs> I really think he's a consummate professional. <laughs> okay. Well, luckily, what? he doesn't have any, like, Bill Cosby allegations. No, he's not problematic in that way. Although, if you ask the people close to him, like Leah Romini, when she was his buddy, she'll have some things to say, I'm sure. But but that's the whole thing. I don't want to go down that road of, like, you know, making fun of the easy, the low-hanging fruit here. My point is, don't you love when I say basic things like, I think Tom Cruise is good at acting. <laughs> like, that's yeah, a movie star does. right there. If I could pick one... I'd say Tom Cruise, he's got that movie star quality. I don't know, I don't know what it is about him. Yeah. Maybe everything he's ever made Does was Does nobody hit. else see this? Yes, we all see this. We all see it. Literally okay. everyone in the entire world sees this about him. <laughs> yeah, there's certain uh, people who are are going to come out with the big movies. and But this, this M. Night Shyamalan movie feels like it's more in that middle ground that we don't get as much anymore. Of It's not a giant blockbuster special effects film it's not an independent film right it's kind of where where all of his movies generally are really because it strikes me as a horror is it not horror it looks just like the purge to me well what does that have to do with it well there's a difference in in m night Shyamalan is thriller suspense sometimes sci-fi you know sometimes aliens are involved sometimes um supernatural is involved and then there's horror which is slasher film okay. evil on earth making people bloody to me they're two different genres and so i was less excited about this when i thought it was a horror film because like with halloween that went to theaters like you could see horror easily but this strikes you as one of those in-between films 
in between budget wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it even I don't think there's oh, I might be wrong, but I can't think of a horror film that is a giant big budget film special effects i mean maybe alien or something like that. i'd like to use this opportunity to remind studio network heads that i will work for very very cheap (laughs) i would love to be in any movie at Mm -hmm. all but it can't be (laughs) one without a star i have to be able to have interacted with the star on screen (laughs) for the instagram post but i'm not going to be the one that's like you know my people are negotiating a really high rate and that brings down the yada yada i'm not gonna do that no just give me the craft table yeah. I want to be in a movie. Do you want to be in a movie? Me? Yeah. Or would you be picky about the kind of movie you'd no, be in? No, I'd be in a movie, but I feel like m- most of my movie opportunities would be something like, like we just watched You People. Oh my gosh, and, we sure did. And I got to bite my tongue on that one. And, and so, there, but there's a lot of big comedy stars in that and, and big actors in general. Yeah. But then there's also scenes where there are, people in the film with small roles that are just stand-up comedians that we know. Oh, true. I thought you were talking about the enormous stars like Elliot Gould who have tiny, tiny roles. I'm like, was that Elliot Gould? Yeah, I mean, gigantic stars is relative, but... How dare you? No, it's... Well, he's not... He's, no, there's not going to be any movies probably having Elliot Gould be the... You know, he's not going to be Tom Cruise anymore. That's, right. Okay. I see what you're gotta saying. He's got to be in his 70s or 80s. I know, but you don't now. say that about Harrison Ford. It's it's Elliot Gould. <laughs> you're making me mad. I think you could say that about Harrison Ford, unless it's an Indiana Jones movie or something like that. But he's not. He's not the president anymore. He's and I would say, how dare you? Jumping off planes and. Okay. So anyway, back to your excellent point. Um, what were you saying? You were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> back to my excellent point that you can't remember at all. <laughs> well. I, oh, you people. Can we talk about you people or not? You and I are an interracial couple, and this was a movie about interracial couples, so I thought it was for us. But I don't even think it was by us. You know what I'm saying? I think it was biased. Ooh, <laughs> look at me. I'm a little movie critic. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wait, I know what you were making. You were making a point about there were stand-ups in it. Yes. And that's where you feel like you would fit in in a that's show. That's where I think the most likely opportunity I would have in any film would be this small role that it's because I'm a comedian, a stand-up comedian. They're like, yes, my friend <laughs> made this, and they put me in that role. Yeah, he can handle this. He's the barista for, like, these three scenes. And I, yeah. uh, like, there's a part in Meet the Parents where, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Do you mind if I jump in? Sure, jump in. Robert De Niro, Ben Stiller. You're going wrong direction. Owen Wilson. You're going wrong direction there. Carrot Top? You're going going the biggest stars possible. I'm talking about the roles I could play. Okay, there was was an actor that we should know. I don't know. Who was big back then? Jason Lee? Was it Jason Lee? No. He feels too big. this This is where a lot of our discussions go. When I have a direction I'm going, you are so off the mark. Completely. That's why I asked permission to try. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll just be quiet and you figure it out. Yeah, and well, I, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on this. It's a comic that we both know, Big Beard. Oh, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Is Zach Galifianakis in Meet the Parents? Well, I don't remember who has no, a big beard that's... not. Okay, fine. So he is... Um, anyway, he was on 30 Rock. Okay. Glasses. Uh, French Stewart. <laughs> okay, anyway... Um, that's interesting that someone was on third. Oh, 30 Rock. Judah Friedlander. Judah Friedlander. I, yeah, I, just, I was picturing third Rock from the Sun. I'm sorry. Third Rock from the Sun. Nobody yeah. pictures third Rock that's from the Sun. That's why I said French Stewart. Okay, go ahead. French Stewart. Yeah, that's... 
Well, that this is an example of sometimes our interactions with this, where you're just like you are. It's like almost like a, in a movie where you see people playing charades and or Pictionary, and you're so way off, and it, the other person's like, "How are you coming? Not even come close to this." I know, baby fish mouth. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so Judah Friedlander was in Meet the Parents, and you feel like that's the kind of role that you would have. Yeah, where it's very small, and they're like, "Do you have any?" you know, nice wine here. It's like, we got mums. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very funny. I love those little cameos. Um, I would see you like as a Harlan Williams in something about Mary, you know, that quirky guy that's got one weird scene. Cause you do that in your friend's sketches sometimes. Like you've been in some sketches and you have a lot of characters in your bag of tricks. I also would prefer to see you as the next Bruce Willis in a Die Hard (laughs) because you're an everyman, but you're also heroic to me. Anyway, just Planting that seed. You can't fight anybody. You got to try to like out with them. <laughs> you jump out of windows. <laughs> Just kidding. He doesn't jump out of a window to rescue himself. He He's very heroic. He jumps away from explosions. Yeah, he actually jumps into a window. You're hiding in vents. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying not to fart so that you don't give yourself away mm-hmm. and, get, and get shot. No, I'm kidding. He was a great character. I love Bruce Willis. <sighs> not as much as I love Elliot Gould, apparently. Good yes. grief. What's it, name one other Elliot Gould movie. One other one. MASH. MASH? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. He that, was the Alan Alda in MASH. That movie came out 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it also holds the record for saddest theme song on the planet. It is pretty bad. It's like, suicide is painless. First of all, I always thought MASH was a sad theme song and it was instrumental. But when I looked up the lyrics and found out suicide is painless was one of the lyrics, I was like, this is the most tragic yeah, song I've ever that might even heard. be the name of the song. I think so. The other one that was sad to me, but it's really not supposed to be, is the one from Cheers. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. All the pictures that they would put up with that just uh, 1800s uh, bars and pubs uh-huh. and some guy with a handlebar mustache and a bolo hat. Yeah, and they're like, V for victory. Yes. You know what I realized is they're actually from different eras. So yes, there is some 1800s. There's some horse-drawn carriages, but there's also like 1930s pictures too. Oh, I recognize well, I my didn't grandma's know we had modern times of yeah. 1930s. It just is like bars through the years. Anyway, uh, it always made me sad for whoever they're singing about. Like, I don't want to be sad at a bar. You know how they have all these uh, revivals of shows now, like yeah, Night Court's coming they out? do. If they do Cheers and they have to do the opening again, they have to show that bar that's been around since 1724, <laughs> then get turned in, like demolished and turned into a nightclub. Yeah, yeah, they do. Or a, it gets torn down and becomes... A Goodwill. A Goodwill. There you go. <laughs> so we live in the big city and we are both from a capital city, Indianapolis, Indiana, but suburban parts of that capital city. Yeah, you less so than me. Really? And my my neighborhood I grew up in felt like a neighborhood. There's tree-lined streets. There's no tall office buildings. It's just quiet. Kids, you could ride your bicycle without your, using your hands. You know what I mean? It's it's a very slow, slow area. Yeah, but it is the city. Like, you were in the city proper, whereas I was more suburban. Like, I was outside the city limits. Yeah, your your neighborhood looked different than mine. You had subdivision. You had one of those, like, we're going to bulldoze this farmland and turn it into fake houses, whereas I had 
a home that was built in the 1920s. Yes. So, um, but either way, we had to leave that life because even though there were facets of entertainment out there, we had, we went to our first comedy club out there and cut our teeth there. There was an improv team that we both auditioned for out there. So they had an art scene in Indianapolis, but it is not one that I think you can make your full living at. So we moved to New York City. And New York had always been on my bucket list ever since I pretty much wanted to go to college in New York City because I've seen it in film. I think you're the same way. You saw it in film and wanted to live here. So tell me, why will you never go back to suburban life again? <laughs> we would have to drag you out of, yeah, out of your, I was going to say out of hell, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> out of your home, like with your fingers clutching the door frame. And why is that? I don't think that's true. I think I would. <laughs> it's... I think that... There, How dare you not yes and me just now? Uh, but I just... Why would I... There's reasons I wouldn't want to go back to suburban life. I like I like city life. I think that there is... Uh, definitely, when you're talking about New York City, there's a different culture uh, element that's there. Yeah. Obviously, there's a much more thriving comedy scene in a place like New York than in Indiana, including Indianapolis. Yes, there was some comedy going on, but just... The difference between when we started and now is almost every comedy club that was in Indiana, the entire state, mm-hmm. has shut down. And there's been a couple more that have opened up, mm-hmm. but since we have left. Right. So there's so a, places to perform and places for people to see comedy, there's more of that in New York. Well, for sure. Yeah. You know, for career wise. But also, why I would be willing to have a somewhat suburban life. Although it wouldn't be New Jersey. Like, I wouldn't want to be, oh, here's just a little bit of a uh, suburban life right next to all the filth and uh, smog. and Yeah, it's it, everything about New York City you don't like. Right. Minus anything you do Tons like. Tons of traffic, all of that, just a few miles away from it. That doesn't really appeal to me. But there are facets of clean air less traffic you can drive someplace and not be stuck in traffic for hours mm-hmm. there's those type of elements also just even having our daughter be able to ride her bike down the street with no hands with no hands <laughs> well i yeah and our daughter loves indiana whenever she goes back to indiana she's always like i wish we lived here and i shudder <laughs> and i dry heave and then i'm like no let's eat a hot dog and eat some nuts for nuts and you'll change your mind yeah and that, i think that's probably what would drive me more to be willing to do that is our daughter i think when you have a family she's her she becomes a little more important in her priority the priority of what she feels comfortable in so having her be able to have a less stressful existence mm-hmm. than new york provides for children would be nice you think new york is stressful on kids what just because of the noise i thought it was stressful on middle-aged people i think it's stressful on everyone <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that there's whether we realize it or not yeah now i do have friends who let their 12 year old ride the subway and i feel like that's too early i still am like indiana minded in that way of like no she should at least you know be 18 she should be a voting age <laughs> she needs to be a full-fledged adult out of the house before she can ride public <laughs> she has to take a self-defense class yeah and uh yeah so so yeah i um i i i can i'm like one of those people that worries about safety but it's like letting a chihuahua go out in the desert it's gonna get swooped up by a vulture or something or an <laughs> owl and i feel like sorry for the visual especially people who have lost a chihuahua that way but to an owl in the desert yeah <laughs> but um, 
But that's what I feel like letting my kid, because she's only five right now, our kid, go out into a big city like New York. But I don't think I'd be comfortable with her in the middle of a Walmart in Indiana either. It's not like people are so good everywhere. Well, I think that I that's not my point is to say, where can we just send our daughter out to be by herself at five years old? That was not going to happen either place. But there is an element of go in the backyard and play. I, you can be in the neighborhood and I can feel that you're going to be safe mm-hmm. versus we can't really do that here. We mm-hmm. can't. At least I wouldn't feel comfortable. Case in point, I took our, when she was a toddler, to a local playground, and she started picking up what she thought was black beans, and it was clearly rat poop. (laughs) And I asked her repeatedly, did you put that in your mouth? It's okay. If you did, it wouldn't be okay. But she said, no. And I was like, good, because that's not beans. And then when we did the hand sanitizer and promptly left. Yeah. I don't know that that happens in Indianapolis. (laughs) I don't think it's ever happened in Indiana once of somebody picking up rat poop. Only in New it. York, baby. You have a great bit about only in New York applying to just the worst things in the world. It is. And that's the thing. Like Now, there are other things that come along with being in a an area that has more wildlife. So when I, you know, I was actually born in Missouri. So I spent my first five years there. There was a rattlesnake in our yard. In southwest Missouri. Rattler. Yes. And it's terrifying, but you don't, you don't have that in New York City. Did he, he rattle his tail at you? He did. That's how I knew. Lord it was have mercy. Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> in fact, you know, with all of this junk that I brought back, all this clutter, there's a bunch of pictures that I have from youth. Yeah. And there's a picture of that house and the porch right where the rattlesnake was. And as a child, I remember, gosh, I, I had to be younger than five. So I had a little wading pool in the back. Yeah. And I heard this rattlesnake. And I don't remember if I saw it or just heard it, but jumped in my mind, jumped straight out of the pool in air, <laughs> like a cartoon where they, they're just in midair running their legs and uh-huh. not moving anywhere. And then in a puff of smoke, landed on the deck. Oh my goodness. I love kid memory. I have memories like that where it couldn't have possibly been true, but that's definitely what you pictured as a kid. Mm -hmm. Well, I always thought you were afraid of snakes because of a movie. And it turns out you were afraid of snakes legitimately because you were scared as a kid from them. Well, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're all born with an innate sense of fear for snakes. That's hilarious because no, I I was not. And I would not be. I think you'd have to tell me what a snake does before I would actually take it seriously and think it was weird. Because I I grew up with snake toys. Like we had those wooden snakes that you hold the tail of and and they move on their own. I love snakes. I think they're really fascinating. Oh, they're terrifying. And they're harmless because they don't have arms. They're ugly. (laughs) They look evil. (laughs) There's a reason that... That's the Bible story we have. My earliest snake memory is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when they have one for dinner. So they were not intimidating to me at all. I mean, you do know that Indiana Jones is terrified of snakes, right? <laughs> he that, is, yeah. The whole point, he lands in the room with the snakes. I hate snakes. And yeah, it's... <laughs> have, I've done Hans Gruber. I've done Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, that's what those were. <laughs> Welcome back to my single line impressions. Are you, you know, sure you don't mean you did McGruber? Dana Car McGruber. Dana Carvey gives me permission to do a single line impression, however I see fit. If you could just, you know, not just do one word uh, impression, just do one syllable impression. Okay, uh, give me a give me a celebrity, and I'll do a one syllable impression. All right. Uh, well, Wesley Snipes. <clears throat> 
<laughs> sucked. <laughs> I was going to say always been on black. And I was like, how do you say always with one syllable? So I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. That's no syllables. That was just a heave, a dry heave. Here's Samuel L. Jackson in one syllable. Man. <laughs> Come on. That's great. Well. <laughs> So, <laughs> hey, I want to I want to celebrate something. I've lost ten pounds in one month. Well, that's that's really good by doing nothing but focusing on my mental health. Does that surprise you? I'm pausing because yes, but it seems like there has to be more than just focusing on mental health. No, no, no. It had a domino effect. You okay. see, because when you focus on your mental health, you have to be mindful about what you're eating and how good sleep you're getting and like how you're moving your body and stuff like that. Right. So, um, I started out by, by stopping eating three dinners. <laughs> <laughs> mentally started, you stopped eating dinners mentally. Yeah. And, um, and then I get better sleep. And I started doing yoga, as you know, like there's a little YouTube for January yoga with Adrian has a 30 days of yoga and I don't do them on consecutive days. But anyway, so I think all those things combined, plus, you know, a voodoo doll I have of myself. (laughs) You just stab it into the gut. (laughs) You will not eat tonight. All of that has helped me, but I didn't once, I didn't once focus on, you know, cutting calories (laughs) yeah i didn't do the cutting calories thing i didn't do the stop eating sugar thing you know like whenever i make it about food i get really obsessive and weird and do the opposite of what i want to do so if i think i should quit sugar tomorrow i will eat three donuts in the next hour like it's like oh it's happening tomorrow i've got to you know load up that's how my mind works you on the other hand you're good at going cold turkey when you want to make a change Uh, well that's the only way that works for me because i am not a self-control type of person so i can't be like well let me just have a bite of this chocolate then it's like well i'll have one more and then i'll have one more and then it ends up being i am just eating chocolate bars and cookies and cakes and pies (laughs) (laughs) surprisingly enough not pies i don't like pies that much um if it's a chocolate pie maybe but uh i will eat those just non-stop it's once the floodgates are open so i would liken it to if you're an alcoholic you can't really just have one drink without binging Mm -hmm. or if you're you can't have just a little bit of heroin without it becoming a problem so to rephrase this you have an addictive personality at least a food at least a food okay i get that and old toys apparently i don't know what i have that makes me you know we're both talking about the way the brain works and the way my mind is just like i go into what is it called scarcity mode where it's like oh if you can't have this you're about to be deprived of it you need to now overload your body with it so i like to i like exercise to sneak up on me I've said this on stage before. I need a job that I don't know that I'm exercising. Like, it just makes me move my body. I need to work for UPS is what I think <laughs> has to happen. There's not enough, there's not enough exercise in stand-up alone. But, um, but yeah, so I think that just by not telling myself, okay, it's time to diet and lose weight and do exercises. Because I tried that when I took hit classes. There's this really awesome performer. She's a musical comedy person, Rebecca, who teaches a great hit class for free, by the way. She's an amazing person. And she, and I was trying to do it, but I just could not hang. Like I would do one hit class and then just not take one for a month. It was just wearing me down mentally and physically. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, and you know what else it is? I think it's a little bit of a vendetta against Noom, because Noom was like, 
You know, when you fill out a giant survey, when you tried it before you even start Noom, and I haven't started it, so sorry, I keep plugging them. <laughs> I resent them because they just bombarded me with emails after I said, I don't want your service. And they're like, really? But do you want all of our emails? And so I, I remember reading in my many, many windowed survey that uh, they were like, your weight goals could be achieved by April. And I was like, oh, well, if I could do it through you guys by April, I could probably do it on my own by April. <laughs> So whatever. I'm just like, what does Noom do? It makes you focus on other stuff. Okay. Uh, This whole discussion is making me hungry. (laughs) Let's go eat some pickles. Thanks for joining us today. If you had a great time, let us know on social. Follow Kid Is In School on Twitter and The Kid Is In School on Instagram. Subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Be sure to throw us one of those five-star ratings and share with your friends. Oh, and do it quickly before the kid gets home.